Coach My Love is for those couples who we consider self-functioning. We also cater to singles and divorcees. We like to focus on what you're going through today and creating your steps with you to help you move forward tomorrow. You're going to have some conflict that's unavoidable, but how you resolve the conflict makes a difference. It's not just about today. It's growing with you, with the issues of today's society, and it's personalized. We just don't put you in a one-size-fits-all situation. And we have the tools that we're not only teaching you, but we have personally used within our own marriage and have proven to be effective. The passion is real. The dedication is there. And we just really want to help you. What's up, boo? Hey, how you doing? Okay, now look at you, girl. Your makeup. Pop- First of all, Ooh. your makeup popping. <laughs> your you. eyes. What they call it? Smoky. She got the smoky eye. All right. Her, the Afro, uh, the ponytail is all natural. <laughs> and I don't know what they what they call it's it. An Afro it's just Afro pop. I'm Afro I'm trying because I lost my hair <laughs> back in '76, <laughs> so I don't know about that. What's going on, guys? We are excited to bring you guys another episode of. Coach My Love TV. All right. Now, check this out, y'all. Now, your boy been working all day. I said, you know what? I got to give the people what they want. Okay. And I told my wife, she came up with the topic of today. So I don't even know what the topic of the day was. Now, she was trying to tell your boy. And I'm like, no, I want to wait because I want I want a fresh reaction, fresh uh, conversation. So she going to lead this conversation, guys. All right. So before we get started, remember, you guys can always follow us on Coach My Love TV. That's on YouTube. You can also email us at CoachMyLoveToday at gmail.com. And you can always follow us online at www.CoachMyLove.com. Did I get it right yes, this time? you got it right. I got it in you one try. Right. One try. He's been studying. Try. I get it. <laughs> Deal. All right. Nice. So check it out. Wife, would you go ahead and, and oh, oh, I forgot one thing. I'm your boy, Coach Michael, and this is Siobhan Ballard. Right. We are certified relationship coaches here to bring you some great information, some great inspiration so you can get your love life in order in that order. So, baby, go ahead. Drop the knowledge. Tell people what the topic is about today. First of all, viewer discretion may be advised. I can't leave this by myself without some information you shared with me the other night that was really not mind-blowing for me. Okay. So we have this platform. We call it the 12 criteria that quantify a great sex life. Okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So let me, let me give him a little pretext to okay. it. Okay. So, out. you know, I was driving one day and, you know, uh, you know, I was talking to God and he was telling me how, you know, a lot of people keep talking about when, you know, their sex relationship or their sex is bad or good. Right. But people really don't know how to really put that in words when they say sex is good or sex is bad. So, you know, and I'm, we've been there. Right. We know we we, we, we kind of generalize what good is. And, you know, we can definitely talk about what, what bad is. And that's different. Uh, amongst everybody. So God broke it down to me and he gave me like 12 points to uh, break down what good sex is, right? Because 
you know, it could be different from everybody, but these 12 points really do bring home um, some of the ideas on how you can really tell if your sex life is great or not. Okay. And, and here's another thing too, when we talk about great sex, um, for men, you know, most of the time we get our uh, sexual experiences from television, from pornography, from the locker room, right? We have these conversations, but we really don't have real conversations about this topic, right? Most people don't. And we just kind of throw it out in the air. And a lot of people are embarrassed to even talk about this topic because, you know, they feel like when you get to a certain age, you should already know these things. But that's not true. I learned a long time ago when I, when I was in my young 20s and I was talking to a guy who was in his 30s, he had made a statement about sex. And I'm like, bro, you 30 something years old and you still think that happens? Like, that let me know that people really don't have real conversation about this topic. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, 12 points. So I know I got off on the tangent, my bad, because I know I told you my wife was leading this. So, baby, go ahead. What you say? Okay. Well, he's definitely going to have to chime in because he's got like the bread and was it meat and potatoes behind the facts, but I'm more going to elaborate on the points that he brought up. So when we talk about good versus bad, it's very relative. It's culturally relative. It's personally relative. And the way he broke it down is really fitting for whoever you are. And it's not just about size and rhythm. There's so much more that goes into having a great sex life than we often think about. And even when we think about, you know, we had a bad experience or a good experience with someone, that might be just one of out of the two or out mm-hmm. of the twelve points that you're just hitting on. But even after so long, that one factor out of the twelve can wear out after a while and get old to the point where before you know it, that same sex you were having that was so good. A year later, it's the same, but you not receiving it, perceiving it the same. That's true. That's true. You know, what I've learned through my studies is that, you know, and, and here's a big thing, too. Y'all heard of this, the, the infamous one night stand, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe tell them, break that down. How you feel about that whole one night stand? Because my wife has a very, uh, she's adamant about this, you know, growing up and, and dating back in the day. You know, she was all, she used to, I remember one day my wife did an interview a long, long time ago. And they asked her, have you ever had a one night stand? And she was young. This was before uh, your boy. Yeah. And she made a statement that was so funny. She's like, I will never have a one night stand because they keep coming back. <laughs> they always keep coming back. <laughs> you know, I, I ain't really, that was, that was, wasn't that funny. You know what I'm saying? But. Honestly, it was fun. You know, it was it was just for the interview, a little humor for the interview. You but but let me ask you, why don't okay. you believe in one night stands? Uh, I don't believe in one night stands for many reasons, and I personally never had a one night stand. I do understand why people do it, but the risks that come with it is just so heavy. I'm not even talking about the soul ties and possible exposure to STDs and babies and all of that. You having sex with the complete stranger off of a whim, off of a fantasy and off of an urge. And that is extremely dangerous on many levels because once I really learned the full beauty behind sex and the meaning of it, it rocked my world. Like it changed everything for me. And once I really dissected sex and what it means, I looked at the situation, the one I stands again, I'm like, how empty, how 
much of a shell of a person you must be to have a one night stand. Not even just for ladies, but especially for men, because the world promotes men to have sex with as many people as possible. With no feelings, no attachments, and just move around, just spreading your body fluids everywhere you go. How disrespectful are you being to yourself to allow yourself to be opened up and shared with any random person that you just happen to meet because they look good or you got a few drinks in you? That's so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and that, that's true. Uh, and some of the other things, too. Now, we're we, we, we going to have some statistics like... You know, with my studies, I've learned that about 70% of women doing the sexual experience don't climax doing normal sexual experience. And one of the reasons why that is is because most women are really disconnected from either the partner or the partner is really disconnected from the woman, meaning it's, it's more of a self-pleasing act. They're not really concerned with the other person. What was the what was the running joke or something that you said that, that people you say about when when the two people are having sex and one of the orgasm? What what do you say the guy said? Oh, oh yeah. You guys have probably heard this. It's a race. When I'm having well, I'm not saying this, I'm quoting now. I've heard people say, like, when I'm having sex, I don't care if they come or not. It's about whoever gets there first. It's a race. And it's like, even with the one night stand, from a woman's perspective, a lot of times women, we are just too self-conscious, too focused on our flaws and insecurities to even enjoy the experience. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to getting to know someone and connecting with them and, you know, easing those insecurities. But I mean, honestly, I don't feel like a one night stand would be as satisfying as it would be in a committed, connected relationship. You know, for that reason. Um, and, and, you know, I, we can't get too deep because, um, you know, we, we, we can talk about this all day, but the 12, when we talk about the 12 factors, now, if you really want to go deep into it, if you really want us to help you with those things, you got to come to coachmylove.com, hit us up. And if you have any problems in that intimate area, we can really help you guys take that level that your, your sexual experience to the next level with the person you with. But I'm going to hit just on a few of the 12, right? One of the 12 uh, points is, and, and it may seem simple, hygiene. Yes. Right? Hygiene is a big factor. You know, when we talk about hygiene, we're talking about not just for women, because, you know, we always do the running joke on women and how, you know, things smell and stuff like that. But, man, you got to get it together, brother. Listen, fellas. You guys be off the chain? Well, I, I don't know, but I'm hearing <laughs> stories. Some of you dudes from, from the clients we, we talk to, some of you fellas be off the chain with your hygiene, brothers. All right? Now you got you to gotta keep that stuff in check, man. We we always making jokes to the woman. But it, but, the, but the men got to keep it in check, too. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree. And I'm going to tell you guys something. So you all probably heard, you know, people say, well, when you stink, you can smell yourself. You know you stink. Not necessarily. Because I'm talking from a medical standpoint now. This is my background over 10 years in the healthcare industry. From my studies in biology. After so many hours, you become nose blind to your older, odor or odors around you if you have long-term exposure to them. You become nose blind to them because your olfactory nerve, which is a nerve in this area that sends signals to your brain to sense a smell or odor. It cuts off after a while. It's a protective mechanism to help you identify new smells. 
So if you stink, you may not smell that you stink, but other people around you will know that you stink. But you will know if you've showered or not. So that's the personal hygiene. It's important. Also, you know, when you when you sit around garbage for a long time, you start you don't smell the garbage no more. Okay, it don't smell that bad anymore. So. Listen, hygiene is a big issue. And not just a big issue, but if you have a partner and you guys are dealing with hygiene issues, it may be hard for you guys to even have that conversation with your mate about the hygiene, okay? Just a little side note, we can guys can help you with some terminology and some tips on how you guys can can can, can deal with that. Because don't nobody want to get in the bed funky. Fellas, you've been out all day playing gym, gym, and you get in the bed with your feet dirty and stuff like that. <laughs> You can't do that, all right? Please Hygiene, that's one of the 12. Give me another one of the 12s, uh, 12 issue is um, we talked about uh, genital, um, what do the word we use? Genital attractiveness, genital attractiveness. We had a parent, genital attractiveness, okay? What that means is, I know, you know, it's, it's crazy, but how you see your partner's love packages, if you're not attracted to what that looks like, then that will affect your sexual experience, right? And, you know, we're talking grooming. We're talking... Now, there are some medical things that, you know, with overgrown labias. Is it labias? Labias. We're trying to use... I'm I'm trying to use the political correct term. We're trying to keep it clean. We don't want to get flagged. We don't want to get flagged. We're trying to keep it medical. Right, right, right. But, you know... Um, we got some questions. What's some of the questions that are coming in on our live feeds? All right, let's see what we got you here. Got One of the questions we got here, do you enjoy? Okay. It should be hard. She's supposed to be your best friend. It's true. You should be able to talk about anything together if it hurts or not. I feel like especially if you're at the level where y'all having sex, y'all should be able to at least communicate those things as mm-hmm. uncomfortable as it may seem. That's true. That's it's true. Important. You're right. But you know what? Just because someone is your best friend, Still doesn't mean that talking about those issues won't be difficult, right? We are we have great friends, we have great respect, but there are still some conversations that we have together that sting, that hurt, that are uncomfortable, that causes some anger and some resentment because we're natural, we're human. So you know you can't just always think it's because y'all are cool and y'all speak about different things that that it's not going to be difficult to talk about because they really are, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, also, I was just going to piggyback off of what he said about the genital attractiveness. That does vary from culture to culture as well. Here in the Western culture, Western hemisphere of the world, it is very common for an adult male to be circumcised. And that's what we're grown as a culture to see as attractive. But there are lots of other cultures from around the world who don't believe in circumcision. And you hear about a lot of jokes about, you know, they have bad hygiene and the I'll call it penis cheese and all the things that come with it and the turtleneck. Like we make a lot of jokes of it, but to somebody that's attractive, but to the average American woman that may not be so much because it's more than an appearance at that point, it's also a hygiene thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying if you're an uncircumcised male that you don't know how to keep yourself clean, but in general, no. Well, yeah, it definitely could be it, it could be a culture thing. Now, let's say you with a spouse and the genital, uh, let's say awareness, attractiveness, <laughs> general, general. So you, be aware too. So let's say you have a, a guy who is not attracted to the to the woman. Does that mean that she throws it away? Does that mean that it can't be enjoyable? No, it doesn't mean that. But they do need to have a conversation about it because that person may be okay with it within themselves. 
So you have to learn ways to get around that, and you have to learn tips. But you do have to address it. Same thing with, with women with the labia. Some of them are, are large. Some of them are, you know, deformed, discolored. There's even labia surgeries that women are having mm -hmm. to make themselves look prettier, things like that. There's nothing wrong with self-care. There's nothing wrong with feeling like you want to look the best for yourself, for your partner. It all means if you can afford it, if you can do it, go for it. But when you begin to discriminate against your partner because of things that they cannot control, then those are issues that we can help you with, um, that we need to work with you on on solving those issues because you don't want to uh, stop something that you can't necessarily change to make to keep that from having a great sexual experience, right? Mm -hmm. All right, that's true. Another one of them, we talk about genital size, right? That's another thing that you... For most men, can't really control the size of their, their genitals, right? But it ha it is a topic that's joked about, that's talked about, that 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 you know men deal with, you know, in the locker rooms, uh, women deal with, you know, when they talk about, um, so, you know, they say, let me ask, does that? Let me ask the woman now, now, does size really matter? That is the question that we ask all the time, fellas. We want to know, does size matter you mean like personally or in general <laughs> personally size matters to me i'm sorry it does and just a side note ladies you can control your size with one word it's called kegels look it up fellas size does matter but we also have to be mindful of whatever your size is you want to make sure it's compatible and comfortable for your partner women come in different sizes and shapes and heights and you know, widths, et cetera. So you want to match that partner and you want it to be compatible both ways. So, uh, yeah, for me personally, size does matter, you know, and um, for other women, it may not matter. That's all a matter of where does sex lie as a priority in your relationship. And to me, sex is extremely important in my relationship. I want to be satisfied. So, you know, let's say without getting too personal, if my partner was not satisfying me, you know, you deal with it. You just make do with what you got. But when everything is on and popping, like you wouldn't want to substitute that for anything. So you show a lot of gratitude for that. But uh, as far as the ladies, you know, there are women also getting surgeries to tighten their walls. There are creams that claim to do certain things to make you more youthful and, mm -hmm. you know, snatched back, as they say. I've even heard a joke back in the day about people taking vinegar baths. I still don't know what that is, but you know, everybody's Smart very mindful. Everybody's very mindful of size, and it almost seems to take precedence over anything else when it comes to sex. And I'll tell you, as though sex or size is important to me personally, it doesn't make or break a relationship. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the bigger, the better, because your partner can be so large where it's uncomfortable. You can't have sex at all. And that's the problem. There mm. was a man in Mexico. Let me turn off this alarm. There was a man in Mexico. He was on one of the Guinness Book of World Records for having the world's largest penis in the world. I think it was like two feet long or something. He had it wrapped in bandages. He was living like in a hut somewhere. And it was disgusting. It had infections and ugh, it was disturbing. But the thing that was most shocking to me was even with all of this lint, he couldn't even use it. It was constantly flaccid 
And he didn't care. He's like, I can't reproduce. I can't even have sex. But I can say that I have the world's largest penis. He went to the physician and they did some uh, imaging tests. And it turns out it wasn't the length of his penis that was that long. By the way, he was stretching his penis since childhood to achieve this goal. But when they measured it from the actual uh, penile tissue versus the skin, it ended up being mostly foreskin. So he had like feet of foreskin stretched out. And I guess it's something for everybody. But he just wanted to have been known as the man with the world's largest penis because in his culture, the larger your penis, the more of a man you are, even if you can't have sex. Wow. That, I saw that, that was just too much for me. <laughs> so I guess what you're saying is that there's a such thing as too much. Absolutely. And there's also a such thing as too little. Yes, right? micropenis is a real medical condition. And right. that's something you can't help. So when women are dealing with that, you know, and they can't get pleased, what you're saying is you shouldn't leave the relationship? I think there are other ways to uh, enhance your sexual relationship. There are sex toys available. There are other intimate things that you could do. Um, I personally can't say from experience. I would know how to handle that. But there are other options out there. Sex toys industry is booming. There's something for everybody. So I don't feel like sex toys should be used as a replacement. And there is a danger in using sex toys, even in a healthy sexual relationship that we'll talk about on another time. But sex toys are intended to enhance your experience, not replace your experience, but to enhance your experience. So if you are in a situation where your mate is incompetent or your um, <clears throat> female mate is unable to perform, you guys can think of new creative ways. And that could be a whole new venture for you to bring a different level of intimacy to you. Find new ways, explore new methods of being intimate and enjoying mm -hmm. your sexual experience to the highest capacity possible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, as we as we come to a close, like I said, this topic is very deep. Uh, I know we said 12 points. We only touched on three. If you want to find out more about the 12 points of, uh, to, to a great sexual experience, please, again, email us at coachmylovetoday at gmail.com. Um, you can go online at www.coachmylove.com, or you can go visit us and watch this broadcast and many of them on Coach My Love TV on and YouTube, right? Again, we are here to talk to you guys, to help you guys avoid broken hearts. We are really passionate about making sure that you have the most successful, healthy relationship that's possible. If you have any topics or anything you want us to talk about, any videos you want us to have a reaction to, please send it to us. Hit us up. We would love to uh, give you guys our opinion. Right? And guys, when you go into YouTube, it's Coach My Love TV. Remember to subscribe like and share. That's right. That's right. And what is, what is it that we always say at the end of these uh, broadcasts, boo-boo? Yes. Always remember, never apply good information to a bad situation. That's right. Again, you know, there's a lot of sexual abuse out there. There's a lot of sexual dysfunction out there. If you need help, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you sort through those issues, okay? So we love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening to us, talking to us. Again, we're talking about some sex, just touching on a couple of topics. Again, there are 12, 12 steps or, or pillars or I got to come up with a great name. <laughs> I know it's 12. Criteria? Criteria to experience a great sexual yes. experience. Yes. We can help you guys figure those out, help you guys to develop those, help you guys to work around issues that you have with those 12. We appreciate you guys. 
I am again, I am your certified coach, Michael and Siobhan. And we will be talking to you guys later.